But anything that Bolsonaro says he's going to do with the economy freaks everybody out with good reason. Because he is terrible with anything he touches, just turns to shit. Mm. So, but... What... I mean, it's a fantastic mutant superpower. <laughs> if you happen to work on a farm, yeah. it's dreadful. However, if you want to try and fight Doctor Doom... The thing is... Or Magneto. What we talked about for this episode, I think Magneto wouldn't appreciate his rivals just throwing shit at him, like literal shit. That would be hilarious. It's not going to beat him, though, is it? You know, all it's going to do, if anything, is make him angrier, <laughs> really. <laughs> what are you doing, Charles? <laughs> okay, getting back to it. Stop distracting me. What we talked about was sort of explaining... I came here to take on the humans and show them a better way, and you've just pelted poo at my face. <laughs> what we talked about... We should about... write comic books. That's what we should do. <laughs> no, dude, let me do this. I am, I'm just saying that we should write comic books. No. As a side hustle. You look so excited. No, we'd be terrible at it. Be great. The yeah. Adventures of... Fecal boy. <laughs> and... And lady poop. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, so much yes. <laughs> okay, so... Hello, you're listening to Brazil Nuts, an insane journey through the world of Brazilian politics with your host, Larissa Peixoto, political scientist, and Gareth Davis, the conductor on the Soul Train. Coming up this week, we're talking about Petrobras, and all that's to do with that. I'll be honest with you, I'm recording this bit before we've actually recorded the episode, so I have absolutely no idea what we're going to be talking about. Apparently it's something called Petrobras, I don't know what that means. It'll be an adventure for all of us, mostly for me. Please remember to rate and review us wherever you rate and review things. Maybe you're in Japan and you're judging a koi carp beauty contest. And you're like, the fins are great on this one. But as far as its mustache goes, I've seen curlier and better. So therefore, this koi carp will not be getting full marks from me. What I will give full marks to, however, is Brazil Nuts. It's a podcast. You'd probably like it. They've got great moustaches. Okay, bye. Anyway, I have a story for you. Good. Tell me, tell me, tell me. And I think you'll like this one, because it is right up your alley. A lot of things are up my alley. That was, that was terrible. Wow. Okay. So we're just we're just gonna breeze past that one, right? Yes, please. Okay. All right, then fine. And you're not gonna take this opportunity to plug your OnlyFans account at all, dude. I thought okay, we were gonna fine. breeze past it. No, I was just saying it would have been a perfectly opportunity. But if you wanna if you wanna keep that just to Reddit. <laughs> oh my God! Please stop. It was a joke. I mean, it wasn't a joke. It was an accidental thing that I said. I do not have an OnlyFans account. I don't even have Reddit. I hate you. Well, as it happens, this story kind of follows on from that. As you know, 
There are elections happening in Wales on May the 6th. So by the time this comes out, the elections would have already been held. And these are for the Senate elections. This was the story that was carried in the South Wales Argus and was posted on the 3rd of May. Residents in the Newport West area may have received a rather interesting piece of election post recently. All the parties have been pushing leaflets through doors or sending them out in the post as part of their campaigns ahead of the Senate elections on Thursday, May the 6th. However, one leaflet, said to have been pushed through the doors of the western side of the city, has got people talking. The leaflet says it comes from the Welsh Nude and Proud Party with their candidate Dennis Smith. It has caused quite a stir on social media with users taking notice of the various statistics and the grammatical errors. The leaflet says that a vote for Mr. Smith would be a vote for a confident candidate, less restrictions... Less restrictions on what? Clothing? Presumably so. (laughs) Why wasn't that party on my list to summarize the manifesto at my job? Well, indeed, absolutely. Is it because you have failed in your research? I think it might be. I think so. Don't tell my boss. The leaflet says that a vote for Mr. Smith would be a vote for a confident candidate, less restrictions, to renewed Newport City Centre, <laughs> and a vote for a more natural Wales. The leaflet also states that statistics show that a naked man is 90 times less likely to be mugged. Oh, there's nothing on him. It should Indeed. be 100. Where are they getting the muggings from? Where's the loot? I don't want to know. However... While this may be a bit of fun, there is in fact no candidate for the Welsh Newton Proud Party standing in the Senate elections. There is no indication of it being a real party either, with the printed website and email address both being unreachable. Aww. So there we go. Who was the idiot who wasted time with this? Thank you. And what we will do is we will post a picture of this to our show notes. Yeah. Because it is worth seeing the magnificence that is... Dennis Smith, in all his glory. Whoever that is. Yeah. Thank you for wasting time and money with us. And the slogan at the bottom of the leaflet, say yes to no clothes. (laughs) I really liked Renewed. That was my favorite bit. Hmm. Because it takes a second if you're just hearing it. It takes a second. It's a smart person's joke. Which is why I got it straight away. So... What are we talking about today? Today, we're talking about Petrobras, which is the Brazilian company for oil that is state-owned. And that was Pet... You can do this. Petrobras. Close enough. So, it is the Brazilian Petroleum Company. So, Petrobras for short. I see. Okay, right. Okay. Okay, that's good. I'm glad you explained that to me, because otherwise I would have confused it with the name of a dinosaur. Which dinosaur? A flying one. Doesn't make any sense. Petrobras. It's a flying (laughs) dinosaur. That's the sound it would make. Like that. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to go briefly through its history to sort of get to where we are today and... How is it that any time Bolsonaro says the word Petrobras, all the shares crash and everybody goes into a panic and privatization is the first word that comes to mind? So, between finding oil in Brazil for the first time in 1939 in Bahia and 
the founding of Petrobras in 1953, you have 14 years of a lot of stuff that happened. I'm going to get to it. Okay. This was also a time that in Brazil and a lot of Latin American countries, state economic development, state-led economic development was really supported by thinkers and academics and economists. And because the idea was that the state should create the basic industries necessary for a country to establish itself as an economy. The reason these countries don't ha didn't have those at the time was colonialism, of course. So if you think about it, the end of Brazilian colonialism had been in 1822. So it had only been about a hundred years since Brazil hadn't been a colony. So I just want to say I feel attacked, but carry on. <laughs> not you personally. I mean, it's difficult not to feel seen, to use the parlance of I'm our time. I'm just saying Portugal had a lot of debts to the UK, and those debts were paid with Brazilian gold. Just saying. Just saying. But it doesn't feel like you're just saying that, though. It feels like you're very much saying it behind a pointed finger. Anytime you walk into a church and there is gold, like gold leaf, gold-plated, something old-timey. Yes. Came from... It's ours. No, no, that's why you're wrong. That's why you're wrong. Because that was delivered by the gold dragon who came <laughs> from the Sunshine Mountain and uh -huh. delivered it to the queen personally. And was like, there you go, mom. There's your gold. And the queen was like, oh, thank you. Go away now, dragon. So... This was also the time of the Vargas dictatorship and eventually his democratic presidency. Would that be Chetulia Vargas? Yes. Cool. Excellent. I like him because I know stuff about him. <laughs> yeah, Getulio Vargas comes up a lot mm. in Brazilian history. He does. Yeah. Specifically because of this time. So, because of all the things that he did during this time. So, mm. Petrobras was created by him. Compania Vale do Rio Doce, which has been privatized, was created by him. Any sort of mining operation was created by him, was developed by him. Hydropower developed by him. The first company was also in the 40s, in the early 40s, before he gave up power in 45. Labor unions were developed by him. And in a way that made labor unions indebted to the state, which with their other hand kind of gave power to employers. So Getulio Vargas is known as the mother of the poor oh, and the father, father of, the of the rich. rich. There you go. Yes, I knew that. So in those 14 years, you had some people doubting, first doubting the presence of oil in Brazil. And then doubting it, that Brazil could actually explore its own oil. So there's a famous Brazilian author from the time who wrote in his fiction, you know, Brazilian endeavors to try and get oil and failing and or just, you know, being failing miserably in a very dumb and in a comic way. So that was Monteiro Lobato. He died before 
most of the oil was found and Petrobras was founded. So he did not get to the point where he knew that there was egg on his face. He was also a raging racist and co-founder of the Eugenic Society. Oh, so, well, so he can fuck off then, quite frankly. Yeah, exactly. Okay, right, fine. Uh, we can talk about him some other time because, you know, his racism is still discussed to this day because he is one of the most important children's authors in Brazil till today. Oh, God, is this like a Roald Dahl thing? It's worse. Oh, okay. So, in 53, after having founded, during his dictatorship, he founded the National Petroleum Council, which kind of created a base for in 53, during his democratic period, Getulio Vargas could create Petrobras itself. Mm. So, in 1953, uh-huh. with law 2004, Getulio Vargas established the state monopoly of all petroleum-related activities and created Petrobras. So before that, you had some small refineries in Brazil and all of that became nationalized, which is all part of this whole, you know, state-led economic development that Getúlio was a big proponent of and a part of, including in the 30s and early 40s. So there were presidents after him, like Joselino Kubitschek, that were similar. You had a similar view during the military dictatorship, but that's a whole other deal. And in 1947, before Petrobras was created, Gaspar Dutra, who was president then, wanted to create something that allowed foreign participation of petroleum companies in Brazil. A lot of people, a lot of uh, nationalist minded people got together and like authorship of this slogan is a little fuzzy everybody claims it for themselves but it is famous as something that Getulio Vargas said because it is inspired by something he said apparently and it's used till today whenever privatization talks come up about Petrobras people would use it and that slogan is the oil is ours so that was widely used in the 90s when there was a wave of privatizations and Petrobras was one of the few companies that survived that horrible, horrible time in our lives. So when you say that the authorship of that slogan is a bit murky, has anybody trademarked <laughs> that no. slogan? And in which case, I'm not saying there's a hole in the market there. But... I mean, it is so known here. It is such a thing mm -hmm. that I actually workshopped it a little bit as the title for our podcast. But then I realized that only Brazilian people understand it. Anyway, being a state monopoly means that Petrobras is in charge of research, exportation, importation, refining, and digging and drilling or whatever they do for oil. So Petrobras was the wait, one wait, that found... Wait, 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 slow down, slow down. You're getting way too technical for me right now. <laughs> so Petrobras was the one that found the pre-salt oil. That means that if we actually had some sort of leadership in this country at this, at this point, we could be self-sufficient in oil. Anyway, being this huge company that everyone wants a bite of and 
being in a country with so much oil that everyone, meaning the whole world, wants a bite of, Petrobras is always a target, always, for everyone, either for corruption or for privatization. So you have corruption in two ways. You have corruption as in we're going to try to to embezzle money out of it and get a little for ourselves without anybody noticing, or we're going to try to make it seem like it's as shitty a company as possible so we can sell it for parts and take money from the foreign companies that want to get in on the action. So there have been a few corruption scandals in Petrobras. This has come as a complete shock to me (laughs) that there would be a Brazilian state institution that is dripping in corruption scandals. That's the thing. I don't like that we have that kind of fame. No, I mean, to be fair, you don't. I certainly didn't know about any of this until I started doing the (laughs) podcast. And then, you know, after how many episodes deep are we in now? About 60, I think. Okay, right. So about 60 episodes in, when every single episode has, oh, and BT dubs, you'll never guess what (laughs) happened here. Huge corruption scandal. A pattern starts forming in front of your (laughs) eyes, is what I'm saying. So the corruption that happens, it it usually follows the same model. Mm -hmm. You appoint someone that you trust, you being a politician. A politician appoints someone that they trust. Okay. That person will give contracts to someone that that politician has made some sort of deal with. Mm -hmm. And the works that these companies are going to do are going to be, are going to look more expensive than they are. And that extra cash is going to be funneled to the politician so they can fund their campaigns. Okay. That is usually most corruption, most political corruption in Brazil is actually about campaign funding. It is not actually about pocketing money. I wish it were. It would make things easier, to be honest. Because if it is about funding campaigns, then it means that there's something substantially wrong with the system that needs to be fixed because people are needing more and more money to campaign and the system doesn't allow them to access that money legally and it doesn't allow them to get more money to campaign. But the campaign needs the money to win. So they find other means of doing it. And if you're considering, you know, your politician, the person you think is going to do something good and right, then you're left thinking in a Machiavellian way of do the means justify the ends? Uh, Is it okay that they are funneling money in a way that the rules don't allow so that they can eventually win this election and then do good things? Now, I'm not saying one or the other. The thing is, just because a rule exists, it doesn't mean that it's right. So for a long time, you know, we, you always point these rules out as the ones, for examples, you know, you have slavery was legal. You have interracial marriage was illegal. So you have all of these rules to show that just because a rule exists, it doesn't mean that it's right. So if campaigns are so expensive and if the system forces them to be so expensive, then there's something wrong with the system that is encouraging people 
to get money in an illegal way. And it is also keeping corrupt people in and keeping non-corrupt people out. Because if you are a person who doesn't think that the means justify the ends, then you just take yourself out of the game. So I want to talk specifically about the corruption scandal that has hit Petrobras currently because it has affected how we are now. So a lot of people who read international newspapers, anyone who's looking for news on Brazil, and sometimes not even looking for news on Brazil, but might see this headline, will have seen something called the car wash operation. Oh, we've mentioned this previously. Yes, we have. Excellent. Good. Okay. Because every time that you say this, it makes me you think... You want to sing? At the car wash. There oh, you go. Oh, 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 at the car wash, yeah. Okay. So... At the car wash. Working at the... Ca I mean, you get the general idea with that. However, it's very exciting for me, this. Okay. So, of course, it's not called car wash in Portuguese. What's it called? Lava Jato. Okay. So, newspapers will translate it for better understanding of English-speaking people. So, it was the exact same model. You have bills that are faked so that contractors... Would you stop dancing? Sorry, carry on. <laughs> oh, my God. So, that contractors would funnel money to politicians and those politicians would then win with also legal funding from the same contractors oh so they were double dipping then in that case yeah so if you look uh. at campaign funding in brazil sometimes you will see the same let's say bank you'd see the same large bank funding three different presidential campaigns mm. that is legal They might give a little bit less to someone and a little bit more to someone else, but they want to make sure that everybody is tied to them. Exactly. I mean, you know, there's such a thing as spread betting, which <laughs> ensures that everybody is a winner. Well, now in Brazil, companies are not allowed to, to fund or contribute to political campaigns, but an individual is up to... Uh, something of their salary, percentage of the salary, of their annual yeah. salary. Yeah, you can do this. Is it 10%? Yes! Yes! Well Boom! done! Boom! Oh my god, you won't need me soon. Swish! Nothing but net. Nothing but net. Did you see? That was right off the top of my head as well. That was, you know, I'm impressed. Mm, look at this. Look at the abs. On my body. <laughs> that is how strong <laughs> no. my core is right now. I've I've got abs now all of a sudden. Nine of them. So, I've got nine abs. So Car Wash started on March 17th, 2014. And it investigated the connections between these guys that we call doleiros, which are people who sell dollars, sell and buy dollars, and politicians in the state of Parana. Okay. As they kept investigating, they started finding other um, connected schemes. What was the state called? Parana. It's in du the south. Du 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 du. Okay. So you have somebody who... You have a witness who was a former president of Transpetro. So Transpetro is the 
Petrobras company for transportation. Okay. And his name was Sergio Machado, and he summarized the scheme in the same way that I just did. And you would launder money through these guys, these doleros, to buy dollars. Okay. This seems a lot more complicated. No, you you nominate somebody you trust. The politician nominates somebody they trust mm-hmm. to Petrobras. Mm-hmm. They hire companies mm-hmm. that can forge the contracts and add money to it. So it seems like the contract was more than it should have been. Okay. And the extra money is sent to politicians so they can fund their campaigns. So they can fund their campaigns. This was the same thing, kind of, that your man was doing with the COVID relief. Oh, yeah. It was discovered that he was actually using the COVID relief to feather his nest in his underwear. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of the corruption schemes going on with COVID were, I don't even know if there's a word for this. So overpriced is the best that I can come up with overpriced contracts for hospital equipment. So you say an equipment costs more than it actually does, and the extra money goes to whoever bought it. It's a kickback. But in this case, it's going to the hands of a politician so they can fund their campaigns. So the car wash operation has destroyed companies because it holds the companies responsible rather than their owners. Okay. The owners are fine. But several really large companies are gone, which means their employees are fired. Mm-hmm. And several infrastructure areas in Brazil are now deficient because those companies are gone because they were too big to fail, but they failed. You have Petrobras seeming like a pit of corruption itself, although it is just a company. It is not corrupt in itself. There were corrupt people in it. And you have the association of Lula with it. How is Lula tied to this? So, the apartment that Lula went to look at, that we talked about a few episodes ago. Yeah. That people said was being remodeled and given to him as a gift. Yes. That company was also involved in the car wash operations. Oh, it gets deeper and murkier. Yes. Do you know who would have a field day with this? Who? The writers in... Barky Grove? Barky Grove? No. Biker Grove. (laughs) Barky Grove. I would love that. (laughs) Why is there not a soap opera (laughs) set in a dog's home in Newcastle called Barky Grove? (laughs) Why is that not a thing? (laughs) So, no, it's not the writers of Barky Grove. I was going to say, the people who would love this are the people who post on 8chan. They would go mad over this. Isn't it 4chan? No, it's 8chan. What happened? I have a story to tell. Okay, right. Now, this is an entirely other show that we need to do. But okay, basically, 4chan has issues where it's moderated. Even though it's not very well moderated, it okay. is actually moderated. And there are rules you can break on 4chan. Also, it doesn't allow you to create your own board within the actual message board itself, unlike Reddit. On Reddit, anybody can create a board. But on 4chan, you can't. You've got to have permission from the admin owners and so on. And so 8chan, which is the purest hellscape of the internet, (laughs) is born of the idea that you would have the anonymous poster system 
from 4chan. So whoever posts there is completely anonymous, no usernames and so on and so forth. Okay. But it would also allow give you the power to create your own boards like you can do on Reddit. And so it was in the holy union between the two. Got it. Yeah, I had no idea about that. Plus, there would be zero moderation on the board at all, whatsoever. Jesus! So it became literally the worst place on the internet, and also the place where the QAnon conspiracy theory really grew into the six-headed monster we know and love today. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. I had no idea. Anyway, the people on 8chan, the posters on 8chan, would love this story. It has everything. (laughs) It does, because what happens eventually is that they dig so hard that they find the smallest thing that they can try to tie to Lula. Mm. And by doing so, they get him imprisoned and off the board for the elections. He was imprisoned because of this? Yes. Oh, okay. Wow. Have they found anything about Hillary Clinton yet? Or is that, are they still looking? (laughs) So, Car Wash has lasted until late last year, Mm -hmm. officially. It had over 76 investigations in multiple waves. And so that was why Lula was actually arrested, was tried and arrested in Paraná. Which goes against the principle of trying to keep a prisoner as close to home as possible. Mm. And it was also why the judgment was annulled now, because that court was deemed unfit to judge Lula's case. Mm. So now that... I mean, we talked about this uh, yeah, in the last not, episode. I mean, but however, yeah. the judge itself wasn't deemed to be majorly inept. Yes, and now that. it has come out. Now the Supreme Court has judged him also biased. No, what, 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 what? Too little, too late, because now Bolsonaro is president. Because mm. the whole point was keeping Lula off the board in 2018, and that's what they did. To be fair, though, it only took them, what, three years to come to that conclusion? Yeah, just three years. The, to be fair, they've been trying to take Lula off the board since 1988. Yeah. They finally found something. He saw an apartment. Anyway, then there was the issue of Pasadena. Now, Pasadena was a refinery that was bought by Petrobras in the United States as part of Petrobras's expansion. At the time, Dilma Rousseff was a minister in Lula's government, and so she was president of what used to be the National Petroleum Council and now is the board of Petrobras. Mm-hmm. So in the Brazilian cabinet, the president gets to have this minister that is almost, it isn't a prime minister, but it's, it's their strongest minister. It is that person who is there to counsel him through every single political decision and who sort of connects all other ministers. Okay, so like a chief of staff then in that case, but as a minister rather than, as an elected official rather than part of their crew. Crew? Staff, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, Juma had that job. Mm-hmm. So, what they tried to do was say that the Pasadena purchase was bad 
was a poor purchase and because it was poor, it obviously had to have kickbacks in it. They found no kickbacks and Pasadena ended up turning a profit during its time with Petrobras and in its sale. So it no longer belongs to Petrobras. They haven't been able to use car wash to throw anything at Juma at all. Okay. That was as close as they got and it didn't work. So Operation Car Wash, despite having a cool name, is basically just a way to take anybody who was in that current government at the time and put them over the coals until they you've got enough against them that you can you know feasibly imprison them for until something. they have been in the headlines so long that they have been tried in the court of public opinion mm. so that is car wash car wash is just mudslinging at the end of the day ah that's ironic because normally if somebody flings mud at your car you would take it to the car wash to get it clean <laughs> but in this case the car wash just gets it dirty uh, including because as i mentioned in the lula episode it has this way of people testifying against others without bringing in evidence mm, yeah and it just gave way too much power to judges and prosecutors and the federal police so if you follow it closely if you followed it throughout the years closely or if you look at headlines over time you're going to see all of the characters for car wash because you had the a federal police officer who became super famous and so people had memes of him and they made t-shirts with him And he became the beloved guy. But then they found that he had corruption issues and violence issues. So, okay, not this guy. So let's turn to the judge. So Moru became the king savior of all of us. And for a while before him, it was a Supreme Court justice who is now retired. Then Moru was a bit tired in the public image. So they brought in the prosecutor, Dalaginol which is just a complete idiot, and who later, we found, had exchanged private messages with Moro. With Moro about how to conduct the case. Yeah, a prosecutor and a judge. Yeah. Having ex parte conversations. How they found him biased, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't just. I mean, it took so Three long, years. that was the problem. Because, Three years! Because this was found before the election. But anyway, to wrap this up, because what happens now is anytime Bolsonaro feels the least amount of pressure, he goes Petrobras and then everybody's terrified of what he might do. If he's going to privatize it, if he's going to put some idiot leading it or what could possibly happen. Since 1997, there's no more monopoly, but Petrobras is still state owned. So over 51% of his shares are belonging to the state. In 2012, Brazilian production of oil went above 2 million daily barrels. And that's when we became 13th in world ranking. Right now, we're 8th in the world ranking. Wow, that's higher than Wales even. Yeah, in 2020, we... (laughs) That's higher than Wales. (laughs) You make the jokes just to see if I'm going to blow past them. I do. At this point, I'm just throwing anything I can. Just to see what will stick. Not unlike Operation Car Wash. 
In 2020, we went above 4 million daily barrels. Now, the projections had been that we would have become fifth last year rather than eighth. But, you know, shitty leadership. Yeah. And also COVID as well. That couldn't have helped. Yes, and COVID. But COVID, oddly enough, did not affect growth that much. It did affect growth, but in 2020, uh, oil production in Brazil grew 5.5%. So, yeah. So that is what I plan for today. Petrobras is huge and hugely important. When Lula and Dilma were in government, they drafted and passed a law that meant that all of the royalties from pre-salt would go to healthcare and education. So there were percentages that would be dedicated to each of these areas, but they would be mandatorily going to these areas. That does not exist anymore. Mm. So, yeah. Okay, that was all I had prepared. Okay. However, do you have any questions? No. No, I don't. I am very proud of you. You are just absorbing information. I am. Yeah. I feel like I'm I'm very proud of myself too. I feel like a very good teacher right now. I mean, you're not. (gasps) I'm like a sponge. Rude. A giant ginger sponge that just absorbs everything. Knowledge. Rude. That's why the ladies call me Gareth the Knowledge Sponge Davis. That was mean. The ginger loofah. <laughs> okay, then do you want to wrap this up? I do. Okay, so thank you everybody for listening. Thank you to Larissa for doing all the research this week. I'm fixing my hair. Okay, all right. Sorry, I thought for a moment you were going to break into that thing that people do where they rub their tummy and tap their head at the same time. (laughs) No, I'm just fixing my hair because I look crazy. Okay, all right, good. Please remember to follow us, like, subscribe, do all that good stuff, especially if you enjoyed this episode. And who wouldn't? Because it was great. (laughs) Where are we at, yo? At Brazil Nuts Pod. Where are we also at, yo? BrazilNutsPod.com And where can you get that sweet, sweet merch from, yo? RedBubble.com Just search for Brazil Nuts Pod. Yeah, do that. And then whatever you buy from there, I don't know what happens to it, really. Do we get paid from this? Yes. Okay, cool. Go buy some stuff then. What's wrong with you people? Do- I mean, if we get paid in the quantity, the more people buy, the better it is for us because we get paid a little bit. Okay. I don't I don't know if that matters. We should do way more to promote this then in that case. <laughs> okay then. Okay, right, fine. Have you ever seen that scene from Wayne's World where they're talking about how they're not gonna sell out to corporate sponsorship and it cuts to Garth and Garth is sitting there head to foot in Reebok gear? No, because Wayne's World, dude. Who do you think I am? Yeah, you're probably more of a Bill and Ted person, aren't you? Anyway. Daria, actually. Oh, Jesus. Of course. Anyway, please remember, above all else, to stay safe, look after yourselves and each other. And so, from me, good night. God bless. Take care. Bye.
very rhythmic. I loved how she paused just to let the beat drop as well. That was amazing. <laughs> Brazil Nuts is an effort by Larissa Peixoto and Garrett Davis. We'd like to thank Austin Zielinski for our graphic design. We'd also like to thank the essential workers for keeping us safe. And you, our listeners, you are brilliant and beautiful, like an intricate silk scarf, perfectly crafted, exquisite, way beyond my price range. Thank you for listening. What are we talking about today? Thank you. Don't say thank you like that. What? Thank you for asking the question. No, that's not how you said it. You were like, oh, thank God I can get this over with now. Talking to you is such a drain <laughs> on my existence. That's, that's the joke. And my soul. <laughs> okay, so do you want to ask me the question again? Well, then? apparently I do. But I'm afraid now that if I do, you'll just turn around and go, <laughs> you're a big knobber or something. <laughs>